you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Around the NFL Podcast. This might be bad. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined. I'm in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Woo, a little crack to the the throat there. A little uh, oh, rough, frog in there. Rough night last night. Yeah. Really? I, yeah, we got a, got a couple of drinks, a little happy hour uh, at the garage, a local uh, tavern. And um, I showed up about 545. And I could already tell Wes is well on the path to <laughs> enlightenment. I think I'd only had one drink when you showed up. Well, you were in good spirits. So it was like, you know, sometimes when you, you're at a happy hour, especially, and you're in a good mood, and it's like the first one goes down, it's just like, let's fly. And I could tell you had the let's fly look to Wes you. had the trajectory of, uh, you could tell where it was going. I'd say you're fully back, Wes, from what I can see. Yeah. Well, that was the first happy hour I've gone to in probably a year. Very good. I feel like we've been to a couple drinking <laughs> occasions with you post Super Bowl on. But. Not official happy hours. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what classifies as happy right hour. We didn't have happy between hours. five and six. <laughs> right. They were charging full price at the owners. Meeting. Uh, this is the Friday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. So much to get to. Uh, the big news, of course, is one of the most famous cowboys of the last, I'd say, huh, twenty-five years. Uh, is no longer with the team, so we'll get into that. Also, we will check in, uh, go get my lunch, free agency uh, props. Uh, we will do a little housekeeping, see where we are there. Greg, I think you might like it. Mm. A little tease. Looking mm. forward to it. <laughs> and also, our draft quarterback draft series continues on Wednesday, of course. We had... Uh, Josh Norris of Roto World. I almost said John Norris again, the MTV VJ. Uh, forgotten by society, but not me, apparently, in the old hard drive. Uh, Josh Norris talked about Sam Darnold, who he was not a big fan of. Uh, uh, Josh 
um, specifically a huge fan of who we're going to talk about today, uh, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, and also we will have on Sam Alipore of ESPN, who wrote a really nice profile Q and A profile on Rosen that you could read that came out this week, and uh, and then a little announcement at the end of the show about a, a very special edition of the Around the NFL podcast coming up next week. That's it. I laid out the Good whole tease. show. Good setup, right, Greg? I don't even know what the special announcement is, so I'm excited. Very good. Even better, then. All right. Let's get to it. Let's do some news, Lindsay. Dinosaurs are back, and they are not happy. <laughs> uh, check out Erica Tamposa. You crazy for this one. She did a really nice job. If you haven't seen it yet on Twitter, you can get it at the ATN handle or uh, me and Greg's handles or whatever, uh, wherever. Um, putting video to Lindsay's, um, what are they called again? Promos. No, but there's you the industry. You call them topicals. Thing. Topicals. That's what she calls them. Oh, really? Yeah. I like that word. That's sort yeah. of, that's, that's Greg was, Greg was about to talk down to me about <laughs> sure. not knowing lingo. Of course. But that is what Lindsay told us last Friday. They are called topicals. What was Greg about to say? I don't, I don't, you're an idiot. definitely not that. Why are you saying topicals, idiot? <laughs> That's what it felt like. In I, your head, that's what it was. Yeah. I learn a lot about what Dan has as a vision of me in his head. A lot of times he is responding to a ghost uh, that's not here. Well, you know, in that case, an actual comment, but maybe ghosts as well. Yeah. We all have our theories, but I'm gra- we're going to work through this, Greg. I feel confident. Uh, you know, who's not going to work through it? The Cowboys and Des Bryant. Nope. It's over, people. Jerry Jones met with the... Wide receiver on Friday, no pay cut offered, nothing like that. Jared just wanted to say it's time to move on. And in a statement, Jerry Jones uh, said, as an organization, we hold Des Bryant in the highest regard, and we are grateful for his passion, spirit, and contributions to this team for the past eight years. He will always be a valued member of our family. Mark, we'll start with you on this one, 29 years old. Uh, statistically in decline for a couple of years now uh, and had a lot of money scheduled to come his way. So this was the type of move that the Cowboys probably had to make, but still not an easy move. This guy, in a lot of ways, has been one of the face, faces of this franchise for almost a decade. I mean, it's. I think we saw this move coming from... Des Bryant held strong, never openly said he would take a pay cut, said the opposite. And I really enjoyed, for the past month plus, the Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, father and son, good cop, bad cop routine, where Jerry Jones is always supportive of uh, Des Bryant. But Stephen Jones basically said, this is a tough one. There's no way you can match up this salary with what Des Bryant is on the field. And I thought Albert Breer for the MMQB wrote a good piece where he basically said that the Cowboys coaches looked at Des Bryant and didn't feel that he was able to transform his game in a world where his speed and explosiveness was no longer present. One of those coaches said, he does very few things really well at this stage in his career. And when I read that, that was the first time I thought Des is definitely getting released if they're talking about him like that. And actually, Dan, this is why you're allowed in the uh, lab. That's right, Des. Yeah, you you you, you called this three or four years ago when he get, <laughs> when he broke his foot. You said, you know what? I just don't think we'll ever see the same Des Bryant again. It it's ironic that Jerry Jones's supposed you know father son relationship. Give me a break, first of all. But, yeah. but like his close relationship with Des Bryant, which theoretically is why they waited so long to cut him, ultimately hurt Des Bryant. And I thought DeMarcus Ware on the breaking news coverage on the network uh, 
kept it real where he said, you know why they kept him so long? Because they didn't want him going to, to other teams. Yeah. Like they, they – that this – is uh, a decision that they made. Okay, maybe Jerry was the last one holding out. That that's great, but ultimately they hurt Des Bryant by holding on. Did to they him. do something similar with Romo last year? Because that was I don't know some- if there was money involved or how when you could release him. But that was well after free agency as well. They and- did it very similar with Demarcus yeah. Ware, and so that's where he was he was speaking from, I believe. Right, and you and Greg, you were on network talking about how this was the move that the Cowboys haven't made in the past, but. We are bringing up some names like Romo last year, although that was a no-brainer. Demarcus Ware, uh, that was a tough release. And now Des Bryant, there are examples of them cutting ties with these guys. Ian puts it back, Ian Rappaport, our NFL Network insider, about three or four years. And I think if you're reading between the line of what he's saying is that Stephen Jones is the one and maybe the rest of the front office maybe making more of the cutthroat traditional moves Mm. and no longer it's Jerry Jones making these sentimental keeping the guys too long and giving out terrible contracts to their own players. I've been hammering this point, I feel like, for right. a decade at this point. And uh, it, it wasn't about money. Like, I buy that because Des Bryant said he never really got a chance to – he would have taken a pay cut, Jane Slater thought, in, in the end. They're, they have a ton of dead money on their cap. They have no wide receivers on their team. They were basically just saying, like, we don't want. They have Tony Romo dead cap money. They've got a lot <laughs> right. for Dez, so that is an issue. But I, I love the idea that let's keep him around so he doesn't land somewhere else. I'm fully convinced he's going to land in the NFC East and play the Cowboys twice a year. He's almost yeah. he almost said that. There's tweets. His tweets. Right. He's already out there saying it. it. It's just a matter of whether the Redskins or maybe the Giants, probably not the Eagles, but – uh, whether they have interest in him. And that would make, uh, in the Redskins case, they could use a weapon. The Giants definitely can use a weapon. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Can you imagine a locker room with Odell Beckham and Des Bryant? <laughs> Pat Shermer's oh head my. will just explode, no, as will happening. ours. Sherman will be in a mental hospital by week eight. Let's face it, if <laughs> like, happens. Des was getting the one-on-one coverage that people people think, okay, now now Ezekiel Elliott is in trouble because Dez is no longer going to draw, you know, defenders. It's like he was already – Elliott was playing against eight, nine men in the box throughout last year. Dez was getting one-on-one matchups. He wasn't winning it. But I think he can still be successful as like a role player in another team. It's not like he's a, he's a bum. It's much better off with him as a number two receiver making whatever he's going to make, a red zone guy. And he's – he kind of gives me Steve Smith going to Baltimore vibes that he just wants to light the world on fire. He's not gonna, Steve Smith. He's not Steve Smith. I, I As know. Steve Smith himself pointed out, this guy runs three routes. <laughs> he's not Steve he's Smith. He's working with a route coach now. It, it, he took, needs, him, it took him 29 years, but he is now. But you buy a fresh start get, then. You see it as a fresh start for Des Bryant? I think you'll get real? a better Des for this year. I think you'll get a, a good role player Des. He, Maybe not Steve Smith in Baltimore, but you'll get a good but role But he's got to land in the right place. Yeah. He has to have the right quarterback, and this always happens. We joke about it all the time, about how everybody connects guys to the Patriots. That would make sense to me. They they don't have a deep wide receiver group, and you put them with a veteran best quarterback in the world. Mm. I could see Dez going for eleven hundred yards and nine touchdowns. I mean, I'd be shot. I'd be. But he's got to be. He's got to have the right setup. They are pretty deep. If he has the wrong setup, Dez will sign somewhere and disappear. What about Redskins? Redskins makes it. Just, I, I can kind it of, it's, it's hard to see Des Bryant. It's kind of like when Peyton Manning went to the Broncos and it took your eyes weeks to adjust to see him in a, in a Broncos uniform. I feel the same way about Des Bryant, but I can kind of see it in a right. Redskins it's uniform. It's Thursday night football week two. Just Bingo. Redskins 
Cowboys sign it up. Falcons are another team I think would be interesting. I think they could use another receiver. They talk about red zone. I don't know. It'd, yeah. It'd be kind of fun. Think back to all the struggles they had last year inside the 20 and near the goal line. And I just want to make uh, – this is not – we're not doing the obituary on Dez's career because I think he probably has a few years left. But Dez pre-back injury, pre-feet, foot issues and things like that was one of my favorite players to watch this decade. I mean, he was just a perfect fit for the Cowboys. I don't think anyone's looked better in a Cowboys uniform. Well, you can make that argument, but there are other guys. But he just was born to play on the Cowboys, and he was just such a dominant, fun guy to watch in his prime. Burning question, though. I mean, he may be picked up soon, but can he get into the Greybeard's locker room for maybe a game or two to help that team out? That's, that's a good thought, Mark. I mean, you got he's just sitting out there. I would love to add him to the locker room, and maybe I will. In fact, he's on the team. You'll get a lot more coverage from NFL Network if you sign Dez right. Bryant. You'll get an hour yeah. of coverage of breaking news. Uh, yeah. I, I do desperately need a receiver on the outside, but it does not help. It does not help my. I'm looking for some guys so, that can give me chunk plays, and I don't well, know. If you got to take what you can get. Right? Yeah, he yeah. he is a perfect graybeard. But who's going to have the tough conversation with Michael Floyd? <laughs> oh, you got to give him a call today. <laughs> Mike Floyd's been having a lot of tough conversations over the last three or four years. He might be used to it by now. So. There you go. Des Bryant uh, is there for the taking, and we'll track his free agency process and see how long it lasts. Moving on, this is, to me, the, the dummy story of the week in the sense of when you are a team that can easily avoid something that makes your team look bad, but you just walk right into it. The Seattle Seahawks have postponed a scheduled workout for quarterback Colin Kaepernick until they know more about his stance on matters relating to the national anthem, his collusion lawsuit against the NFL, and other stances against social injustice. Several sources informed of the situation told Rap Sheet on Thursday. The Seattle scheduled a workout two weeks ago, but decided to postpone at the last minute after not having a clear understanding on how, on how the quarterback would proceed on those matters, according to Rap Sheet. My point there, Greg, is why did this ever have to be public? Shouldn't it, even... Even if they had questions, why not just bring him in for the workout and then have internal discussions? Ooh, we still feel uncomfortable. And then don't sign him. Why make a big deal of it like this? Or have all of that set before you even give him a call. Like if we're not right. ready to take on so avoidable. Kaepernick, what, you want him to put to the side all of everything? You don't think it's fair for a team to ask him if he's going to continue to kneel? Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's a problem necessarily to find out what they're doing, but that that's a term of his employment, then why are you talking to him? Because he might change what he's going to do, and you think he could be an upgrade on your quarterback situation. But I think, I guess if if you're saying then that kneeling is unacceptable with the Seahawks and whatever your stance is going to be, we we aren't on board for that, then never, don't call him. Why? I don't, I don't get that. Why? Why Why are you not allowed to do your due diligence on a quarterback and say, hey, what are your plans? For for one, you could make the argument, you know, that it's illegal, but that's but that's a that gets into it. How is it illegal to ask him what his plans it, are? Because it's not a it's not illegal to you know kneel. Obviously, the Seahawks had a lot of people. Rep, you know, that's why I'm surprised with with it's the Seahawks. They had a lot of people that were. It isn't about the kneeling. It's equality, a, It's about what every team has a problem with. How much? How much? Extra resources are we going to have to put into this one player versus the other 52? Why would you have to put in any? Because you're going to have to – he's going to bring the media circus with him if he does that. You know that. I mean, I think that you're – I don't want to accuse you of anything, but you're being a little intentionally gullible here. Of course, you're going to have to deal with a lot more media if, if Colin Kaepernick continues to kneel. 
it's going to be a huge issue. I think that's fair for the team to wonder what his plans are. I think to Dan's point, the way it played out, though, is not does not look – it's not seamless for the Seahawks. Or maybe it was another way it to approach you, this and do your it, homework. It makes you look like – that you're just not a strong-willed organization or you just don't have your crap together. Like, I mean, either figure out whether you want this guy and everything that comes with him on your team before the workout or have the workout and then internally discuss it, and then just don't sign him. But then to make this – have this come to light, it's it, just unnecessary Reading between the lines, it sounded more to me like – and this is just a total projection, but it, it was part of Ian's report – that the collusion case against the NFL was maybe a little more what they – were either concerned with or wanted to know his plans, and and I get I, I get that, but again, like why why go through this unless they scheduled the workout two weeks ago? That collusion case was well underway by then. Yeah, I, I would look at it in a slightly different direction. Why is Caps Camp leaking this to the media? Why do you think you're going to get a job after you leaked it to the media? I I don't know. To me, if you want a job, don't do that. Well, they also yeah, it's fair that like you're. There's two camps that it's pretty clear the Seahawks are leaking their side of the story, and then you're hearing in response to Caps Camp, right? They were dueling insider. There was various messaging from various insiders, and it was one side and the other. And you know, it just—I think it's a messy thing to occur on a Thursday afternoon for both sides. But you also have to answer the question, like if let's say someone knows that that work—it sounded like people knew that workout was set up. They're like, "Well, why isn't this happening?" And you just you tell the truth. Yeah, that's why it wasn't happening. Let's move on. The San Francisco 49ers are dealing with a situation regarding their first round pick last season. Reuben Foster, uh, who was arrested back in February, uh, has now been officially charged with multiple domestic violence and weapons counts in connection to his arrest. The Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office announced Foster, 24 years old, uh, allegedly attacked his girlfriend in their California home. The victim told police that Foster dragged her by her hair, physically threw her out of the house, and punched her in the head eight to ten times. She was treated at a hospital for multiple injuries, including a rupture, ruptured eardrum, uh, prosecutors said. And then police searched the house, found a weapon. Uh, I'm not a gun guy, but a Sig Sauer 516 sounds like a pretty big-time gun. Illegal to possess in California. Uh, a lot of heat on Twitter about... Well, the 49ers should cut ties with Reuben Foster, uh, but that hasn't happened yet. And it does bring back, Wes, the uh, whether I don't know if, it, if this, this transfer is over to the Fortune 500 world or this office or anywhere else, that he still has a job right now because he's a first round pick. That's the way I'm reading it. And it's not maybe a savory way to look at the world or the 49ers or the sport. But that to me, if he's a sixth round pick, he's already gone. Yeah, I don't think it's just the NFL. In any sport, your leash is as long as the talent you have. And this guy was one of the best rookies in the NFL last year. The 49ers crowed about him after the draft and said, we got him, you know, was late late in the first round or early second round. And we thought about taking him with our first first round pick, like in the top five. So there was a reason this guy was available. And I think we're seeing it now. They cut. Tremaine Brock, who is a cornerback on their team, almost immediately after he was accused of domestic violence a year ago. So that's... He was a second-round pick. That, so what's that, the rule then that, in San like, Francisco? That spells it out right there. I mean, and this isn't even the first arrest that he had this offseason. He was arrested for marijuana possession, too, which is not something you would normally get cut for, but it, it it's clearly a huge problem for them. Well, they and they have... Uh, Richard Sherman was at the, at the court and has basically said, I want to 
put this guy under my wing and help him out. That said, what has already occurred is enough of a reason to not be on an NFL roster. Forget going forward. I mean, it's right. it, it, the inconsistency is a reason that the NFL loses fans. And by the way, the 49ers, this is not like, oh, we really got screwed here. As Wes said, this was the reason why he dropped all the way to the bottom of the first round. There were a lot of character concerns and off-the-field issues, and the Niners took a chance, and it bit them in the ass. So now they're dealing with the consequences. And, uh, yeah, uh, he's still on the team, and we'll see if public pressure uh, affects that. But for the time being, Reuben Foster's still a 49er. Well, I assume the NFL that eventually he's going to get suspended because they're the domestic violence policy is pretty straightforward. If he goes to jail, do they cut him? He's facing up to 11 years in prison. That should be added as well into this. I mean, very rarely do you end up getting that type of maximum sentence, mm. but he's facing significant legal issues that could take him out of football uh, for a long time, potentially. Uh, moving on, the Cleveland Browns, they traded for Jarvis Landry uh, before the start of free agency, and now they have him under contract or they're close to having him under contract. The uh, wide receiver and Browns are close to finalizing a five-year, $75.5 million extension, uh, Rapture reports. Uh, that comes with $47 million guaranteed. A lot, a lot of money for a slot receiver. Actually, more than $9 million, uh, more than Mike Evans got from the Bucks. Uh, Mark, I think this like speaks to a concern that you voiced earlier uh, this year around the time of this trade that the Browns have all this money but are spending wildly and you don't want to see them in salary cap hell in two years but this is the type of deal that potentially could hurt them. Uh, yeah, this threw me because I mean, I think Landry, Wes, you point out that you got to go out and pay to get these guys if you're the Browns. You, you're going to have to do it differently than the Patriots and, and consistent winners pulling in star players to go get a Super Bowl ring. But this contract... Uh, I kind of, my jaw dropped because it's a lot of money. And the one thing about Dorsey, he's not the only person in that front office. They brought in others who I would assume have um, maybe a little bit more of a track record of keeping a clean cap than John Dorsey. But one of his reputations when he left Kansas City was that he left that cap in tatters. And, you know, you can say what you want about Sashi Brown doing this or not doing that. But Sashi. when they sign players to deals, and they were not star players necessarily. You never looked at the contract and thought, what on earth are you doing here? It w they were fair contracts for the players they were getting. I looked at this, and I cannot believe that Jarvis Landry is getting nine more guaranteed million dollars than, than Mike Evans. And I think if you're Dave Gettleman, you woke up and you read this news and you thought, I've got Odell Beckham on my <laughs> roster. What on earth do I do? Thanks a lot, John Dorsey. It's not, it's not with Dorsey the good bomb. It's not what the good organizations do, pay a slot receiver that much money, but good organizations don't have to because right. the organization sells itself. The Browns have to sell it with money. Moving on. Mike Wallace <laughs> is a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, he wants to make a little extra guap. He has a good chance to do it, too. A $585,000 incentive uh, in his contract. Uh, all he has to do is weigh under 250 pounds by Monday's start to Philly's off-season program. Right now, Mike Wallace <laughs> weighs in exactly 
at 200 pounds. I mean, that's a hell of a weekend at Hanano's to get you in trouble. <laughs> could you do it? Is there any way a human could gain, gain 50 fi- pounds in, in, in 70-something hours? No. 72 hours? Not 50 t- pounds? I think Trent Richardson could. Andre the Giant, potentially? If you're, is? If you're oh. already like 600, like morbidly obese, maybe you right. get it up to 650 in a couple of days. But I don't I think, don't think so. Don't think 50 so. pounds in a couple of days. You'd have to grow a new appendage. You would probably It would probably take, honestly, eating nonstop Milkshakes and all that, hamburgers. You'd have pizza. to eat. A, you'd eat eat like a ten a year month? old child. Could you even Two put months. fifty pounds of food in your body in seventy? I mean, that's Joe Thomas. He had that recipe for keeping on his weight that he recommended. That it was what it was a peanut butter sandwich and a glass <laughs> of whole milk every hour. Oh God, all day. It's hell. And that'll do it. That's so, why Richie so Incognito's insides you. are dead. Yeah. But if you if you ramp that up to every thirty minutes, every fifteen minutes, then you, you know. kill I mean, yourself. What uh, I want Mike Wallace to do, I, I understand it's a human challenge that few yeah. have ever have ever go out there this weekend, have an intense lost weekend. I'm talking about eating whole chickens, drinking whole everything chickens. that you possibly can get your hands on, and show up around two forty eight. Still get your money. Uh, that would be fun. But that's, I and mean, go I, want this, I want this agent. This is an incredible incentive. What was the weight that Trent Richardson gained at <laughs> Denny's? Like 13 pounds in a weekend or something? Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, shit. <laughs> I forgot about that. Maybe it is possible if you're Trent Richardson. <laughs> I don't know. And I just want you guys all to know I spoke with the shadowy league figures uh, to get your bonuses. Uh, you just got to come into uh, <laughs> camp in August under 400 pounds. Okay. Four so, together? Yeah. They, they, as a group, as a group. Oh, not as a group. <laughs> oh, each, each. Oh, that's doable. They, yeah, they call these. Easy, there's, you know, unlikely to be earned in, incentives, and then likely to be earned. I guess this would be in the likely to be earned incentives. <laughs> so. And finally, in the news, oh, against all odds, Michael Crabtree versus Akib Talib, back on. It's Crabtree Talib three, baby. No chain, no gain. <laughs> Why? And you think how could this have happened? Because Crabtree, of course, left the AFC West, went to Baltimore. And then you have Tlaib, who got traded from the Broncos to the Rams, different conferences. Well, guess what? The Baltimore Sun reported on Thursday that the two teams will have a joint, uh, a series of joint practices ahead of their preseason game uh, on August 9th in Baltimore. Uh, and everything is back in play, gentlemen. I know, like yes- yesterday, on as we were, you know, doling out news stories. When this one came across, it was: Is this going to Kevin Patcher? Is it going to Burgo? Is it going to someone else? No, no, this is going to Dan. David Ely actually had to at you because <laughs> this is your kind of story. And I have to ask: After last yeah. year's, you know, you you tracked something last year during the preseason and training camp. Aguayo, folk. The biggest cliffhanger since that one episode of Friends when Rachel went to meet Ross at the airport after his work trip to China and was stunned to see Ross cuddling up to his new squeeze, Julie. Is, it, is this as big as that for you? Is that, are you tracking it to some I mean, Folk Aguayo, that was one of the biggest battles in the history of professional football. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is kind of, I file it under a different... Scenario because they're not fighting for one job or anything like that. But you know Crabtree is wearing the chain again. Right. He's wearing the chain because if he didn't not wear the chain the second time, to take it off now would be to back down. To lose face. To lose face, to lose respect. And everyone's tracking it intensely. So Right. Yeah. You can't. You can't play in the NFL anymore if you don't show up to that practice with the chain. (laughs) Serious. Gotta wear the chain. And my favorite one of my favorite stories of last season was before the second time the chain got ripped. 
he actually taped it down onto his chest before kickoff. So Why he could not it? reach for it because if he you you know it Wes you just said if you take off the chain you lose the He Man Alpha Man Alpha Alpha Male after battle one, you can't do that after two times sure but after one time there's not that much attention on it you know you could still get away with you know putting the chain away where are these practices <laughs> going to be held they will be held um, I think in Baltimore mm. or the area so. He'll be on his home turf, which will give him access to. Because I was gonna say the, the that would have been an easy drive. You everything. you could have been there for it, but I don't think it's mm. crazy to ask. You know, in this, in this new NFL, you know, can I make the trip? Let's fly you out. It's a new landscape. <laughs> I love it. All right, that's what's happening in the news. All right, we move on. It is time to continue our draft quarterback series. We roll on. This will be the most important draft, like ever. Guys, we need to talk about Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. All right. That's what you've gotten yourself into, Sam. Here's Sam Alipore. <laughs> he is a senior writer at ESPN Magazine. He has an amazing Kristaps uh, Persingas avatar on Twitter. And he had this to say about Josh Rosen, the UCLA quarterback, he may very well become the first bold, informed voice to helm the most important position in America's top sport. Sam, let's start there. Isn't that exactly what might scare some teams off come April 26th? Yeah, it'll scare some teams off. But Josh is looking for a good fit. I think, look, he agreed to this interview. It's a risky proposition, putting a microphone in front of Josh, a guy who, who has gotten himself in trouble with his outspoken thoughts. Uh, but I think he agreed to do this interview in part because he really does want everybody, teams included, to know exactly who he is. Uh, because fit is important for him. Uh, yeah, you know, everyone wants to go first. I think, Josh, uh, a big factor here is cultural fit. If a team's on the fence after reading his full thoughts on a variety of topics ranging from uh, leadership to religion to colonizing Mars, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, if, if they're still on the fence, you know, get out of line because Josh is looking for the fit. Sam is referring to, as we said at the top of the show, a Q&A uh, that he did with Josh Rosen, and I, I found it to be fascinating uh, look into Rosen and, and basically where he's coming from. That all makes sense to me, Josh. That he he does Sam. He doesn't want people to to think that they're getting going to get a quarterback that's going to keep his mouth shut. That's not going to share his thoughts. And that to me, th that makes him exciting. Wes, I know you you kind of feel the same way. Well, there's a lot of talk about just how intelligent he is compared to other football players. And to me, this is a sign of intelligence. It's about quality of life. He doesn't want to go to a team where he's not going to where coaches aren't going to accept who he is. He knows who he is. He wants to go even if he loses a little bit of money in the process. It's about quality of life. Yeah, I would agree with that. He he definitely knows who he is, but he also knows what he doesn't know. You know, uh, the knock on him or among the many knocks on him and these are all perceived character flaws, right? These are uh, the analysis of the unquantifiable, but among those knocks is, uh, you know, he's, he's an arrogant know-it-all. Uh, the guy I sat across from for an hour is not that guy. Uh, he repeatedly says the words, I don't know, what do you think? 
He's a very curious guy. He's a millennial. Uh, <laughs> in, in many ways, he is. I mean, like, take our, our conversation about religion. Uh, he is a uh, culturally Jewish, uh, Jewish by heritage, and, you know, attended Catholic Mass every day just to learn. He was interested. He was curious. Now he's Did you not, say every day? Uh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, wow, I think he's going <laughs> to go into the priesthood. Much, every Sunday, though, you said, right? <laughs> every Sunday, every Sunday. Shows you how much I know, and then and then on that note, he draws me in. He asks me, "Well, what do you sit on it?" And I'm uh, Muslim by heritage, uh, ancestrally, I guess you could say. And I too attended mass partly to impress a Catholic girlfriend. <laughs> and, I've done that too. <laughs> and I too am agnostic, and we sort of uh, saw eye to eye on that. And as he says, you know, I don't have the answers on this. I think it's it's strange to think you're born into the right religion. Uh, so he's on a search. He's searching. Uh, so, you know, he, again, he knows what he doesn't know. And, and that applies to coaching. He does want to know the why he wants you to tell him if you're, if you're his coach, why are we calling this play? So scary, but he's also (laughs) a people pleaser. He says, you tell him why, and he'll go out there and execute it. So yeah, that could scare some, some teams off, but you know, there's, there's a lot of coaches in this league. GMs who aren't threatened by that, who are not threatened by an inquisitive, smart quarterback. And if you don't think that applies to, to Tom Brady, you're crazy. That, that is Tom Brady. You know, his, his OC regularly says that Tom uh, needs to be challenged, that Tom needs the why. Well, that's, that's Josh. And surely there's a team out there for him. From the football side, I, you know, we, we are pro guys. We don't spend a ton of time watching college. But I watched this morning his game against Texas A&M, the incredible fourth quarter comeback. And I realized he threw a couple passes there that could have been picks that would have neutralized that incredible performance by him in the fourth quarter. But all, all this business about I, he's intelligent and his personality, how I don't care if you're what in GM you are, how do you not watch that kind of performance and some of his tape compared to some of the other quarterbacks? He's an incredibly natural thrower on the field. Why is that not superseding the idea that I, he's intelligent and inquisitive. I don't. I, I, I'm a little down. If you're a, if you're a fan of a team that looks at Josh Rosen and says he's too much for us to handle, it might be time to find a well, new team. Doesn't he kind of feel like an outlier in this type of process too? Because like in the profile, you mentioned that Jim Mora uh, in SI called Rosen a challenge. But he's a fun challenge to which Rosen said, I think if you take radioactive material and concentrate it, you can get something real special out of it. He's calling himself radioactive, which is usually not how this goes. Like usually you're trying to sell the best version of yourself, even that's if that's not who you really are. But to me, that's how it came across in this profile, Sam, that he he's just saying, I am who I am. And if you don't like it, don't draft me, which is kind of unusual in my opinion. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a different take, isn't it, on the, on the draft process. But he, he's a different bird, man. He's, he's very, very unique. I've never met anybody like him. And at the end of the day, I, I agree with you. How do you not look at his tape, his skills? He's the most quarter, you know, pro-ready quarterback in this draft. I mean, I'll leave that to you smarter people to talk about. I, I just interviewed him. But, but, um, but you know, at the same time, there are a lot of teams out there in conservative country. He clearly leans liberal. He's going to be a social activist. He's going to bide his time at first. As he said, he's not going to rock the boat until he's got a starting job. 
But eventually, if he does pan out on the field, he will be the face of a franchise with all that entails, a, posi- a position that's usually manned by cookie-cutter personalities and, and, you know, with robotic answers. I'm sorry, I don't want to put a microphone in front of Drew Brees' face because Drew Brees has nothing interesting to say. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> right? Uh, but, uh, and, and for that matter, you know, uh, Tom Brady and uh, – a lot of that, that's why I'm calling him, or in my tweet anyway, not in the story, uh, potentially the first bold, informed voice to man the most high profile position in sports. Cap, Colin Kaepernick, is a bold, informed voice now, not necessarily when he was balling out uh, for the 49ers. So imagine, you know, again, assuming he, uh, Josh pans out in the field. Combining that with that platform and then his, his you know, bold, informed voice, that, that's a change agent in the ready position. This guy can make a bigger impact off the field than on the field, and that's, and that's saying something. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, and that's why so many of the things he said in this interview got a lot of attention that had nothing to do with football. But one of the quotes that really struck me was about football, and I think it was really telling – Everyone focused on, I'm the best QB in the draft. You know, everyone's going to say that. But what he said makes him the best QB is that he's the most efficient, monotonously consistent QB in the draft. That Aaron Rodgers has a little flair, but if you watch Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, there's nothing explosive or Johnny Manziel-like. It's just quarterbacking. And when I watch Josh Rosen... Like I am in love with what I see because you can see the throws. You can see him... uh, handle pressure because they had such poor offensive line play. You can you can see that the baseline seems to be what we call the Dalton scale, which is that in between uh, whether he's a franchise quarterback or not, that feels like the baseline. And usually NFL teams want a really safe, supposedly quarterback because I think the the contrast between his personality and what he does on the field is great because when you look at him, he's the one I don't really see the holes in. He's the efficient guy that you almost feel like, gosh, in a worst-case scenario, as long as he gets drafted by the wor- by the right team, he can be an efficient, you know, Kirk Cousins plus type of player. The contrast is stark, isn't it? It's it's really strange. I I I see the same thing when I look look at him. A monotonous consistent quarterback <laughs> whatever that means and then you off the field he's this guy who can uh speak eloquently on on uh interplanetary colonization <laughs> he seemed like pro send the nukes at the tips of mars he seemed like he wasn't against the elon musk yeah what the hell was that i literally have to stop the interview and be like dude what are we talking about right now <laughs> but, but I mean, boy, I, I honestly, I enjoyed that conversation so much. I went in bracing to meet uh, the guy that the NFL draft whisper machine had painted him out to be, which is a smug, entitled rich kid jerk whose teammates supposedly don't like him. Uh, the guy I met and said is, is a very chill guy, a curious young man. Uh, who wants to learn, who wants to grow, who wants to save the world, by the way. <laughs> and and uh, I don't know how you can come away from that, that interview uh, not being impressed by him. Awesome. Uh, Sam, thank you so much 
for coming on. You could check out the, the profile, and you really should if you haven't yet. ESPN, the magazine, you could also get it online right now. And Sam, you can follow him on Twitter, at Sam Alipour, A-L-I-P-O-U-R, on Twitter. Sam, thanks so much, and uh, thanks, maybe I'll see you on Mars one day. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. All right. There you go, Sam. I am so intrigued by Rosen and Mark again. And the reason why we're doing this series, you have to go back to 1983 really to find a, a quarterback class that had the, had the opportunity to have such a seismic change and make the difference in the following year. And that's what we're doing here. And Josh Rosen, he's the guy that's kind of, to me, the most fascinating prospect and the one that, and as the Jets and Browns fans in the room, Mark, we're not hearing our teams connected to him, and that the, they're at the one, four, and three picks. It, it's it's kind of you wonder if our teams are scared in the same way it seems like other teams could be. It's um I agree with Greg with your assessment. Having started to watch these guys, uh, that he stands out to me as the one that you can just see him on an NFL field performing week in week out in a consistent similar way, and it and it highly bothers me that the culture, and I, we're not, I'm not calling out a specific team because we don't know what these teams actually think behind closed doors right now. Right, the Jets and Browns we don't know. love him. We don't know. We know. But, if, but if that's the case, that yeah. some are passing on him because he is intellectual and interesting and curious. By the way, he's not the only NFL player with and those traits. And he opens his mouth. That would, that, would, that would, if I were a fan of one of those teams, I would be extremely disappointed because I think you're passing on, an, an, on a potentially very special player if, if football is what he wants to do with his life long term. Isn't that a fair question? This is a guy whose first love was tennis and came to football later. Isn't it a fair question to ask how much, how important football is to him? And that's what I'm assuming these teams, it can't just be, you know, oh, we don't need a quarterback who's interested in, in, in exploration of Mars. There's got to be, the, the more burning question yeah. needs to be, because you, along with this stuff, if you're a quarterback, and we've seen it, if you're not all in, then you simply don't fit the culture of the position. We don't know if he is or he isn't. You're Jay Cutler, I, well, which is, I, he's been connected to fairly or sure. unfairly. I give him the benefit of the doubt till I know otherwise, but these teams know more than we do. Mm. But I, I, it bothers me to think that anyone would pass based on a, a unique personality. That, that, to me, tells me the NFL and these front offices are so ancient in their thinking Very potentially. Very conservative league. Yes. It, it, I think that that's got to be a factor. And I do think Josh Allen and Sam Darnold do have some of the traits that teams make mistakes on again and again that Josh Rosen might have the, I don't think it's a red flag, but might not have the sex appeal as a player just because he's not quite as good uh, improvising. He's not quite as big physically. He's got a really good arm and I think probably throws the ball down the field. He showed that he can do it better than, than those two guys, but it's not as big a like, wow, it's going to wow you, you know, arm. And maybe that's part of it as well. Well, now more than ever, improvising is important, but I think Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Drew Brees have showed that even Phillip Rivers too, what you do before the snap and how quickly you get rid of the football can offset that need for improvisation. And he's far from a stiff. He's closer to Drew Brees, who's great. He was one of the best tennis players in the country. The right. guy's a great athlete. He, he made Greg. plays. He made plays against <laughs> any pressure. courts of thunder posts in like 2012. I mean, I'm all in on Josh Rosen. I mean, uh, for all for all of the above. Uh, right. So if the Jets take him, like I said, he's got some Greg qualities to him. Wow, I'll take that as a compliment. He also has Greg. He has the. He's Jewish. Oh yeah, and. He goes to math, uh, mass every Sunday, or he but he's, did. he's claims to be either an agnostic or an atheist. But he's checking all the boxes, so he's got Jew, Greg, Catholic Dan, 
Agnostic West. I'm not agnostic. I mean, atheist. I'm searching. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he. I will say this. He. It, and then Mark. Just Mark covers everything. He's a spiritual monster. I mean, like, like, <laughs> he's not the only person that's plugged into Neil deGrasse Tyson, by the way. But I do appreciate that he's got a wide breadth of interests. Okay. There you go. Interesting prospect. Love this draft. It's going to be great right on here, the Broncos though. while the while the Jets take, you know. A, that is a fear. The guard out of what? Notre Dame is in number three. into the Broncos. Falls to the Broncos, and then it's like, oh, John Elway does it again. Johnny's back. This guy gets it. It's like, calm down. <laughs> this guy if, gets if, it. If, if anything, the lack of teams like connected to Rosen almost makes me think maybe they all do love him. I don't know. That's the other flip. He's the, the other one guy that none of the teams are specifically that connected to. John Elway knew what he was doing all along. He had a case in his back pocket. <laughs> Just when he counted out John, oh, he comes and gets you. Oh, and he really set. The, oh, I could tell. Oh, the, the rapture. <laughs> it might before. be time yeah. to move on to I, new I, career I can, at yeah, that I point. Can picture it now. And Elway, he had been playing the slow game the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> he knew he had Case Keenum, a great locker room guy who could come in and start for a year or two, and then you bring in the kid. This is just masterful work at the quarterback <laughs> position hey, by one of the best to ever play hey, the it, game. Jo- hey, John Elway, Bro, one thing you know about John don't Elway, at me. he gets his man. You get him in a <laughs> right. He's got to close you the You put deal. him in a room, one-on-one. Right. On one. John Elway, he, he called him up, and when Josh Rosen picked up the phone, he said, I'm interested in whatever you have to say. Welcome to the Broncos. They just had a connection. Oh, yeah. John Elway, he's a thinker, too. It's like the Kush phone call. <laughs> <laughs> John Elway's not scared of someone that's socially conscious. <laughs> okay. All right. I think we, we rung that one for all it was worth. Uh, Spartan time. Word from our sponsor. Spending too much time at the office, on the couch, or sitting in the car? You begin to confuse what you do with who you are. That's why you need Spartan. This prospect's for John! Spartan is an obstacle course racing company with races for every athletic ability and skill level. But it's not just a race. It's a way of life with over 60 races all around the country, starting with a three plus mile, 20 plus obstacle sprint all the way. Sprint is capitalized, by the way. If you can sprint three miles, you know, you should be in another line of work like Olympic running. Yeah. Just saying. Is that a career? Olympic Just saying. If you can sprint for three months. <laughs> right. You work every four years. <laughs> it's a good job if it, if it pays well. Uh, all the way to 14-plus mile, 30-plus obstacle beast. That's capitalized. Any racer can find what's right for them as long as you leave your excuses behind. You work hard. You push yourself through the weekday grind with grit, discipline, and determination. Bring that same determination to a Spartan race near you. Let it propel you through hills, climbs, and carries. Wes, this is for you. Will it be easy? Mm-mm. Will it be worth it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's for me. <laughs> Sign up it, for the- <laughs> This could be Wes's, you know, he's been oh. looking for how's he going to get back into right. the, you know, the physical uh, sport world. This is it. Get on board with As it. you prepare for the Shields 2019 return, <laughs> we're in hiatus this season, uh, this is a great way to get your bod ready to go. I don't run anywhere until it get, unless it gets me to a specific place. Sign up for the best weekend meeting of your life and race alongside fellow Spartans like Randy Moss, probably the football player. Excuses don't live here. Find your Spartan race today. Visit, visit Spartan.com slash around for an exclusive offer to find a race near you and view training and nutrition tips. Spartan, baby. Okay. A uh, little housekeeping before we go. Got to get to this weekend. Get to the weekend and party. 
<laughs> Remember when there was like party? I cannot dance? stand that word as a, a verb. <laughs> what, party? Yeah, it is. It, it's annoying to me when it's like, let's go party this Friday. No, just That's, that is that is a it is a troubling verb. It's a fair stance you take. <laughs> uh, I agree. Mark is back from Europe. He's out on party. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> you did some partying with Rex Ryan and Mark Ingram. Actually, speaking of five Ks, we were uh, Rex was about to run a five K in Germany, um, and then we found out it was rescheduled. Good thing it was. He would. I don't think he would have done Does well. Does he nor still would have the lap bend? Did that come up at all? He looks fit to me. I, I did, was, not, did not come up. How, what were his eating habits? I don't know how I would have gotten into that. I mean, they, these guys ate well, but he he it was a fit looking. Hmm. It's a fit looking. Because remember, there were, he said that when him and Rob were temporarily bonded again in Buffalo, that he was removing his lap band in, to honor his brother and go at their fitness plan together on even footing, yeah. which just sounded like a big excuse to be able to eat a lot of steak again. But it sounds like he's he's working at it. I, I don't have a status update on the band. <laughs> I thought you guys talked about oh, it. That, you not, told me that, it was an open that. book. That, that feels, never came up. That's like something inside of someone's body. I don't need to. I didn't go down that road. Well, why don't you just text them now and maybe by the end of the show. I will, we'll, you have Rex's number? You got it. Yeah, because we have to. There's more interviews to come for this this thing I'm writing. So, yeah. You want to share it? No. Can we call him right well, now? On, with the listeners? I don't think that would be. <laughs> Can we call Rex right now? No. Come on. Let's do it another time. Okay. There's just think of all the <laughs> listeners right now in their car going, "Come on, Mark! Come on, Mark! Come on! Let's just call them up." Lindsay, don't cape to peer pressure, Mark. I think that might that might not be a strategically good move right now. Let's do a little housekeeping because <laughs> next week, uh, or maybe the week after, but we will do our go get my lunch props for the 2018 NFL draft. Uh, so let's check in on our last round, which covered free agency. We'll start with. Chris Wessling, Wes, you said yourself that this was an important round for you uh, to get back in the race. You're still uh, in a little bit of trouble because you are currently at three and eight. Uh, we'll probably get a little bit better when everything uh, winds up, but you had A.J. McCarron and Terrell Pryor signing with the Browns. McCarron went to the Bills and Pryor went to the Jets. Uh, so you lost two sandwiches there. Mark did not take you on that. Well, I thought it made so much sense. Within like an hour, yeah, it was prior. It was gone. <laughs> before the Browns the had traded for Landry or something. It was yeah, yeah, it was dead in the water. You were gone. Uh, you speaking of John Elway always gets his man. You had Kirk Cousins going to Denver. Did yeah. that happen? Uh, went Foolish. To Minnesota, of course. Uh, you got two right though. Richard Sherman gets more guaranteed money than Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Teddy, poor Teddy, just got 500k from the. Jets I think Teddy's team. paying the Jets to play. <laughs> that was like a, that was really a pitcher's duel. <laughs> <laughs> Sherman signed a below market contract, but still, what did he get? Like five million or something in that? Three way? technically, Three? But as long as he's on the team. It was a pitcher's duel. Million. I did not take you up on that, Wes. So Greg and Mark got sandwiches, and then you uh, you went out and said Kyle Fuller will sign a contract from a team other than the Bears. Mm. He did get a contract from the Saints, was it? Uh, Packers. Packers, Packers yeah. but then he, uh, the Bears matched that. So, And you guys all expected that to happen. We all <laughs> believed it would happen. We so need that, a word. We need a vocab word for when that happens. So listeners, help us out there. Yeah. Uh, Mark Sessler, uh, currently 7-3, and three, but that will likely change. Uh, but for now, you're in good position. Kirk Cousins signs with the Minnesota Vikings. Congratulations. You went with the favorite, and that was smart. Joe Thomas retires before the draft. Uh, this one felt a little dirty, but uh, 
Uh, you had sparrows, a Mary Kay cabbage. I did not have sparrows. I did not. No, I, had I gone the other way, I actually Let's thought go he, through the Rolodex. No, I do a not cabbot, have a sparrow. We had who, who, some other people. Tony Grossi. A little Grossi. It's just like Daryl Reuter. A why Reuter. Would they tell, just like why random, would they tell me? There's random team employees that are termed like uh, inside the building people. I just I went. I I, who they here's are. the thing. You I don't can tell us. We won't be mad. Each of my each of my props. Each of my props. All three of you took. Yeah. Had I said Joe Thomas plays for another season, I don't think any one of you would have taken me. But up. just I'm I'm being honest. Right. Yeah. I'm being I, I don't think. 100 serious. Yeah. Did anyone? Did you get Zero any sparrows. type of inside info? No, absolutely not. Hmm. I promise you. I vow to you. Because even if you did, well played by you, sir. I but I would tell you, yes, but I you're did also have protecting a the source. It's a strong denial. I would know because I've said before I have a, a source on this or that. I would tell you. I would at tell the you time he did say that he was going to do the complete opposite, which is definitely a mark move to go completely different just on a whim as you're going. That's I'll right, Greg. So <laughs> Good made, analysis by Greg. Uh, you made you made three sandwiches <laughs> off Dan, Greg, and West there. Uh, now you have two that are hanging in the air. Neither looks promising. Uh, DeMarco Murray signs with an NFC East team. I guess that could happen, but he is still out good. there. He's a member of the Greybeards, which is never a good sign Oof. in mid-April. And you also have uh, a big-time decision maker will be fired prior to the draft due to a botching free agency. You could almost already put this in the L column because it probably would have happened by now. Well, it's. I think the due to botching free agency part, unless that were some sort of narrative that came out in the next couple of weeks, I think I've lost this one. But I mean, drafts thirteen days away now, so it's getting. You're looking it. like you're losing six sandwiches. It looks like you'll end up. Although Murray, you never seven know. Seven and nine. I'll be seven and nine, sort of like a Buffalo Bills type finish. <laughs> Greg Rosenthal, big big round, ten and five currently, with more to come potentially. You also went with the favorite, Kirk Cousins, to the Vikings. Uh, Richard Sherman will not be among the top five cornerbacks in guaranteed money. You made three sandwiches off of that. Uh, you did not. You almost, I mean, it, we've never had a perfect game. And I would say you kind of came close because it probably was a discussion inside the building with John Gruden. But Marshawn Lynch gets cut before April 1st. He remains on the team and probably will. Wes, you did not take Greg up on that. So Dan and Mark made sandwiches. Uh, and <laughs> he finally, took a, he took a pay cut. Yeah. And took some money to there stay. Trumaine Johnson receives the most guaranteed money of any defensive player. That's a good one. And it got you three sandwiches. So 10 and five with the potential to get all the way up to 12 and five right now. It looks like Greg owns the guaranteed money space of this exercise. <laughs> I honestly, yeah. I don't even have a head for that. So I would never make that kind of a bet. And Greg has got won multiple times mm. on that. And that's a mental note. Never disagree with Greg on guaranteed no. money. Yeah, there's a strategy to this game. And finally, the old Zeuser, currently 4-8. and eight. Uh, Richard Sherman signs within three weeks of the beginning of free agency. Uh, he actually signed even before it started, technically, after getting cut. Uh, made two sandwiches there. Uh, Arizona Cardinals sign a 2017 Vikings quarterback. They did. They signed Ooh. Sam Bradford, but nobody took the Zeus on it, which cost <laughs> oh, me no. in a big spot. That's an Osweiler. Uh, that <laughs> one hurts. Because uh, I don't think that was too safe. I thought I should have gotten at least one sandwich off that. There were just so many Vikings quarterbacks. Yeah. Kirk Cousins signs with the Jets. I had that premonition, but I actually read into the premonition wrong. I was actually just thanking <laughs> Kirk Cousins and wishing him luck. Mm. considering my team, I think. And finally, came pretty close on this one. Andrew Norwell, the guard, uh, receives the most guaranteed money of all non-QBs uh, slash Indomitian Sioux. Uh, it was looking good for the first few days, but then uh, 
uh, Tremaine Johnson, and I believe... Solder, I think, actually would have been the right answer for that. So I think he ended up making the third most non-QB guaranteed money, and that cost me three sandwiches. So uh, I'll probably finish six and eight. Greg, probably 12 and five. Mark, seven and nine. And Wes, five and eight, Mm. it looks like. So that puts you into first place all time, Greg. And now you got the draft coming up right now because I want that. I want first place back. Well, I just i i want I have some sparrows, you know, wondering about you know the the future of go get my lunch because I haven't seen it. We haven't seen any actual lunches fair. in a long time. That's so fair. if this is just some parlor game, then we might have to change the the name of it. <laughs> I don't do parlor games, so if it's a parlor game, I'm out. Um, just begging for sandwiches over there. <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we'll do some sandwich uh, stuff because not only does Nick Fortier. Uh, keep the standings updated and go and all the bets going back years now. Props, excuse me. He also has a who owns, uh, who owes whom tab as well as that really fun soundboard. Uh, so make sure you check it out. Go get my lunch dot org. Uh, fun, fun, fun. I'm doing a sandwich run next week. I found a new place. Ouch! I owe a ton of sandwiches to everyone. <laughs> I'm going to get in here and reprogram this page somehow. <laughs> uh, all right. Absurd. You even owe sandwiches to Patra. Oh no, I do. <laughs> I do. This is bad. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, don't worry about it, Mark. Just pay us. Don't worry about everybody else. Uh, maybe Patra send him something. He deserves it. Yeah. Absolutely. Patra works so something. hard. Cranking out the newsers. He deserves a sandwich. Uh, big announcement coming up next week. Sometimes imitated, never duplicated. And you know what I'm talking about, subreddit. You're the GM. Makes its return next week oh, yeah. on the Around the NFL podcast. Oh, yeah. Get the Kime Bomb ready. Kime Bomb, Sugar Bear. Mm. Sugar Bear. And uh, if you don't know what it is, well, you'll have to find out. But just know that the uh, general managers and head coaches of the NFL with the draft right around the corner, they're picking up the phones and they're making some phone calls trying to make their teams better. Mm. Trying to get to the Super Bowl, hoist that trophy. I kind of feel like we lost a main character in Sashi Brown uh, oh, yeah. from this exercise. Who says sad. he's out? He's still got a phone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> still got a telephone. He's no longer the GM. Uh, so, yes, that will come back next week. And also our Draft QB series will roll on Monday. Very exciting. Oh, yeah. Carbs is back. Chase Goodbread coming off, really, a breakout performance at the Combine on our podcast. (laughs) He uh, will come on and talk about Baker Mayfield and uh, his thoughts on the Oklahoma prospect. So, that's it. It's time to party, Mark. Time to party hardy. Stan Hans is signing (laughs) off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the old boss, and Lindsey Fulton behind the glass. Del Monday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.